This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. We're really excited. If you have your Bible, let's go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 10, or it's page... 868 in the Black Bibles. I just thought of, I was like, man, I didn't send that. I actually have a black, one of those Black Bibles, not from here, like at my house. But um, I just want to give you a little background, actually, kind of as we get going on this. Uh, I want to share with you kind of the meaning behind it, what, what we're thinking, all of these things, right? So, yes, my job this morning is to share the vision of real life Fort Campbell, and we were excited for that. But let me tell you something very important this morning is that that vision has to be rooted in scripture or it is pointless or it is useless or it is uh, futile or it is all of those horrible things that you can say about things, right? And so I want to share with you this morning kind of how we got here, right? Pastor Freddie T is giving me this chance to share this vision with you. Um, We are really excited about what's already happened and we are really excited looking forward to what's coming next. All right, and, and, let's, and we'll kind of be talking about this. Um, I want to also give you kind of the background to how we got here. Because that really shapes kind of who we are, what we're doing, and kind of what our, what our goal and what our vision and where we're going to go. So um, I'm going to, God use this verse and this situation in my life to kind of bring us to, to this point. Um, I, I had a really good friend, I, I, I shared this briefly before last time I preached, I had a really good friend, um, I mean like, Everybody's got that friend, right? I hope you have that friend. If you don't, um, pray that God will send, that, send them to you. But everybody, almost everybody I know has that friend in life at some point, particularly, and of course, I have to, you know, my, with a military background, you get to a new duty station, you don't know anybody, and you just make friends with someone, and man, it just clicks. Sarah kind of makes fun of us at times. Um, you know, the word bromance has been thrown out. Um, all of those things. We used to, uh, we, we worked in different work centers right next to each other. So we would go to the break room and we'd sit down and uh, we'd, we'd share lunch like we were little kids. You guys remember that when you were, I don't think you're allowed to do that anymore. But you remember when you were a little kid and you'd be like, hey dude, I'll give you some of this for some of that, right? Like, so we would sit and we'd pull the table out and just like set both of our lunches down and we're like, all right, dude, we're having lunch now. It was just, just, just the two of us. Uh, if one of us was having a rough day, we'd poke our head in the other guy's office and be like, Hey, we need to go have lunch today. And that was like our code to like, hey, we need to get like out of here, go have lunch and just hang out. Like we're absolute, super close friends. Uh, his, his youngest daughter took her first steps actually to me. It was hilarious. Um, like, like we were that close, right? Um, so he began really, he, ever since he got out, he's really been struggling with some mental health things. Um, he was on his third or fourth trip to uh, an impatient mental health place. I, I, I know there's a proper word for him. I can't find it all of a sudden. But, uh, and so, man, that really, that was hard. I mean, it was, it was our wedding. Like, I mean, we're, we're amazingly close, even now. Like, I was texting with him the other day. And so that really, that really shook me. And so I really kind of began praying about it. In that same time, I began really kind of struggling with some personal issues. Uh, and, uh, Listen, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to absolutely brag on my wife for a second. I was really, I was stressed out at work. I wasn't sleeping. I was really just kind of having a hard time. And I remember she sat me down and was like, 
babe, there's obviously something going on here. And, you know, of course, as, as a husband and as a dad, the first thing you think is, man, I've, just, I've been horrible to my wife and my kids. Like, what have I done that my wife's like, there's something going on. And she was, she was like, hey, listen, you're not mean to us. You're not anything like that. I could just tell that there's something going on, and I think you should see somebody. Well, man, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a thing. It's a stigma. Um, you know, those of us who, who, who have served, who have been in, you're just so averse to that because, you know, the, like you're always like, man, what are, you know, how's this going to affect my job? How's this going to affect all this other stuff? So I was like, well, you know, if it's bothering my wife and she's being nice about it, Maybe I should check this thing out and really kind of begin to unpack it and was really struggling with a lot of things. Um, I think for me personally, um, I had a panic attack leaving leaving Costco. I'd like sit in my car and I was like, what in the world? Am I dying? Am I having a heart attack? Like I'm, I'm a little big, I get. I mean, when I was only in my 30s, I was like, what in the world? I was, you know, it's just, I've just never had that happen before. I've always been able to like dig deep and be like, things are going to be better. And I just remember this point, like trying to dig deep and I was like, there's just nothing left. Like, I, don't, I don't know what else to do. Um, so so uh, this has to be a, a story of God's grace. In the moment of that, that, that is some of the greatest times of spiritual growth I've ever experienced in my entire life. I remember just praying and being like, God, I, I don't have anything else. Like, Lord, I have, I have nothing. I just, I just need something from you right now. And I remember one of those times as I, as I really began praying, and, and, and you know, we all, we all get there, read the book of Job. We all get there. God, why is this happening to me? Why me? You know, we, we, we have that pity party, right? We don't want to deal with it. Nobody wants to, to go through that. I just remember being like, God, why me? Why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to deal with this? And I'm not saying God spoke to me audibly, but if there was a time that it was the closest I've ever heard from God, that was it. And he said, well, but Eric, you have hope. He took me to that, to that passage um, that... Uh, that Paul says, when, when the Spirit says to him, my grace is sufficient for, for you. And he got, got, got impressed that on my heart. And I just remember thinking, okay, God, I get that. Your grace is sufficient. But, but that doesn't make this any better. Like, this is still horrible. And, and, then, and, then, I, and, then, and then I heard the next part. How many other guys are just like you who don't have hope? who don't have the hope of Jesus. And in that moment, I just remember kind of thinking and praying and being like, you know, God, I'm not, su- I'm not suicidal. Like, you need to hear this before I say the next thing. But I remember for the first time ever in my life thinking, man, I get it. Like, I get how guys get there. Like, if you're like, I have no hope, I have nothing to look forward to. You know, if you're like, this will never end, the crazy that's in my head, all of this, there is no hope for me beyond this. Like, I get it. I remember just being so thankful and then being like, man, Lord, somebody should really do something about this. Having had that conversation with God previously in my life, I was like, oh, I know where this is going, God. I just said somebody should do something about this. And I know the very next words out of your mouth are, well, then what are you going to do about it? So we began praying. We were in Boston. We began looking at what it would be like to to do ministry to some active duty folks around us. And this is late 2019, heading into early 2020. And uh, if y'all have lived in Tennessee the whole time during COVID, then you have one experience. And when you live in the Northeast, you have a completely different experience of COVID. All right? It was absolutely shut down. Nobody talked to each other. Like, it was absolutely insane. The, The chance of doing ministry, reaching out to people, basically disappeared. So then you think, okay, God, so we have this burden. Now what's going to happen? So 
at the time, you know, we, we I shared before, we, you know, we, our daughter was graduating, she was a junior, we needed something to do with our church, God, God took care of all of those things. And in the process of this, um, I had a friend who'd been trying to recruit me to do church planning in military communities, that's the proper term, for four or five years at this point. He was just like, dude, it's so cool. You could hang out with other guys. Like, it's great. And uh, it, it was in the back of my mind. And, and Sarah said, hey, babe, when are you, you going to like, when are you just going to realize this is what, this is what you want to do? When are you going to realize this is what, what God has for us in our next step? And so we, we took those things. Let me, t- let me tell you the, the craziness of our, time, our timeline here. We were going to move next year take all this time, start trying to build teams, all of those things. So we looked at the housing market. We were paying attention. Sarah's like, we should probably really put our house on the market in the near future before the market tanks. She's a smart one. So we put our house on the market and it's, and it was, we were under contract within, it was the same week the interest rates went up, by the way. We were under contract within six days, 25,000 over asking. Um, so we were like, oh, okay, so now what? So we moved to Clarksville a year early, lived in our camper for six weeks, uh, bought, uh, which I would I recommend two out of ten. Um, the first couple of weeks, it's really fun. It's like camping. Uh, about week three, you're like, why is this place so small? By week five, you're like, I don't like anybody else who's in here. Uh, probably not even myself anymore. It's so small. Um, but, uh, you know, God just provided, we, we got the house that we're in, um, and then one day I'm walking in, Tim grabs me, he's like, hey man, what do you think about leading a community group? And I was like, I'm sure, I mean, you know, we're here, we, we, got, a, we got a year before this church thing kicks off, why, why not? So we end up in a room full of nobody we'd ever met before, literally, we look around, everybody starts staring in the background, and we're like, huh, every guy in this, every man in our community group is a veteran. We had one who's still who's still who's still in the reserves, and we just I remember texting Timmy and I was and Timmy was like, "Well, God definitely has a plan," and, and we we thought it was hilarious. And um, actually, almost our entire community group has 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 come to be part of of what we're doing. So through all of that, God used this verse. Let me share it with you, um, Luke ten Luke ten two. You've heard it before, and He said to them, "The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers." into his harvest. If you're ever around me in the evening, I have an alarm set for 10.02 p.m. It goes off every single night at 10.02. And it reminds me to pray for our community, to pray for the post, to pray for our church, to pray that we can reach people with the gospel. Um, and so to me, that's why. So we're gonna, we're gonna go through this verse. I'm gonna share with you like why this kind of shapes our vision. The first thing that we see out of it is that the harvest is enormous. I don't know if y'all know this, but statistically speaking, Clarksville, you know, in Tennessee, in the Bible Belt, is 85% unchurched. 85% of people who live here are not in church this morning. Now, if you grew up here, that's probably a statistic that shocks you, or maybe it doesn't, I don't know. But th- there are a lot of people out there who don't know Jesus. For context purposes, we just came from Boston, which everybody talks about. I mean, it is... It is a very place lacking in the gospel, but it's only 8% more unchurched than Clarksville. 
just to let you guys know, it's 93% there, and it's 85 here. So that, that kind of tells you the need for things. So I, I think it's important for us to, to frame why we plant churches and also to even just look at Scripture and to understand the importance of us. Well, why is that important? The first thing I want to tell you is that our God is a missionary God. Luke 19.10, Jesus says what he does. He says, for the Son, Son of Man came in to seek and to save the lost. That's what he came here for. People need Jesus. End of story. So, one of the other things that attracted us to Clarksville is one, as I began doing the research, there was a couple things that we wanted to see. We wanted to be near a major military installation, and we wanted a large veteran population. That was absolutely important for us. Well, Clarksville's in the top 3% in the country for, I mean, I'm sorry, Montgomery County, is in the top 3% in the country for veterans. So we were like, man, that's, I mean, you can't shake a stick and not anybody. Of course, if you live here, then you realize very quickly how true that is. So we said, okay, absolutely. Um, the, the statistics I found, approximately 65,000 people are connected to Fort Campbell, which is massive. I'm a numbers guy, in case you, I used to be a math teacher, in case you couldn't tell. Um, there aren't good statistics for the percentage of people who attend church in the military. However, they, whoever they are, you know, we always, people always say that, they say. So whoever those people are that say these things, they say that if we were to treat the military as a people group, they would be considered an unreached people group, similar to that of the 1040 window. To quote one of our team members, these are men and women willing to take a bullet for you, and we don't know if they're going to have it or not. The reality is some of them grow up in church, many don't, but they don't attend while they're in. It's difficult, right? You move every two to three years. By the time you get comfortable somewhere, it's time to go. So you kind of start getting tired of trying to build relationships with people only to lose them. So we have a heart to be able to reach those. I don't know if you all are familiar with the number 22 in this context, but on average, 22 active duty and veterans commit suicide daily. 22. Suicide, mental health, divorce, deployments, it begins to take a toll of people. You, you, if you have friends who are veterans, you have friends who have retired, there's something that, that there's a very common thread. It's a loss of identity and a loss of community upon getting out. You get out and you're like, well, who am I now? What do I do with my life? I used to have this really cool job and now I'm fill in the blank. It's difficult. And then you're like, well, I've lost my support system. I, I had a good friend... Actually, had a group of us. Um, we were stationed in Washington together. I took orders first to go across the country to Connecticut. Well, then my buddy and his wife, he took orders two months later to come across the country to Connecticut to say, and I quote, well, I don't want to break the band up. And then my roommate, who was the best man at our wedding, three months later took orders to move to Connecticut because he wanted to keep our group together. At one point, that guy lived out my, one of the guys lived out my back door. Um, if one of, he was having a rough day or I was having a rough day, we just walked in each other's back door because, of course, they were never locked. And we would just, like, open up the other guy's fridge, grab a beverage out, sit down. Dude, is that my last Mountain Dew? Yep. Really? Dude, I'll buy some. It's fine. And you could just tell, hey, man, you okay? No. You want to talk about it? No. Okay. And we would just, why? Just because you've got 
somebody you know who loves you, who cares about you. You get out, you lose that. Though I would, I would argue that it's, that's actually something that's much deeper and goes much further than just those of us who served. I would say that that's, a, that's part of the human condition. And it, it's an absolute need for that. Well, why is that important? Well, it's also important to understand that the workers are few. The Bible tells us that. I think we know that. Who's a worker? Well, if you know Jesus, the Bible tells us that you're a worker. It's our job to share the gospel. It's our job to go out and reach people who are far from Jesus. To not just say, well, hey, I, I, I always say that some, some, I think sometimes in churches, even Christians, we fall in this, as I call it, the field of dreams mindset. If you haven't seen that movie, you have, you have an assignment for this afternoon. But it's this idea, if you build it, they will come. We think, man, if church is just cool enough, people are going to come in the door. Well, those days are over. We have to take the gospel to people. We have to go find. Jesus even said it. He didn't say the Son of Man came to like go somewhere and preach and let people come. He said, no, the Son of Man came to seek and to save. He went to go find them. It's our job as believers to go, to go find people. So we ha- the workers are few. So how do we get more workers? Well, it, the, Jesus tells us. We pray to the Lord of the harvest. We ask God for that. I'm going to share something. Our team, the people who we have committed to our church, have been prayed for for the last year. We've been asking God to begin sending people to join our team to be part of what we're doing. And God is faithful and continues and, and has, been, has been sending people and, and it seems to continually be sending people. I've, I've had conversations over the last couple of days with some other folks who've heard about what we're doing, who are interested. Who've, hey, how do, we, how do we come be part of that? And and, and it's just so obvious when you begin to ask God for the things that are in his will, how easily and how often he just gives them to you. You know, I mean, I would, I would dare you if you spent the next week saying, God, will you give me an opportunity to share the gospel? And you earnestly prayed for it. I, I guarantee you, you would find that every single day because you're asking God to, to give you what, what he wants you to do. God, give me an opportunity to be obedient. Like that's, that's going to be the case, right? I... I've been part of church planning. I, it, was, it, was, it was really funny. I was talking to a, one of my buddies, and, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, the associate pastor at our church. He's been part of church planning for like 18 years, man. And my buddy laughed. I was like, what? He's like, dude, you've been part of church planning for the last 12 years. And I was like, oh, oh. Man, Tim and I were laughing about that. We're like, it's so funny how you go from being like, like the, the young guy, the young cool guy who's doing it, to very quickly you're like, I'm not really that young, and I really never was that cool. Huh. Interesting. But here's the thing is, yes, have I church planted before? Absolutely. Do I have some experience? Yeah. But there's nothing that I can say, nothing I can do, no strategy I can, I can come up with that's going to do anything apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, apart from us praying and asking God to go before us. Like, he has to be the one who does it. We just get to walk alongside and be part of what he's doing and what his plan is. We, we have been praying, Sarah and I, and, and I know our team, and, and we have friends who have supported us, who are praying with us, have been praying with broken hearts for Clarksville, for Fort Campbell, for, for the surrounding area, asking God to begin sending people to us. There's a guy, he's part of our team, he's, he, he can't be here this morning. I know he won't mind sharing the story. He's, the, he's one of the first people I met in Clarksville. We pulled into the campground. 
He had a sticker on the back of his truck. I was like, hey, man, I recognize that sticker. We got talking. I actually went to go take the trash. I was gone for about an hour. I come back in, and I was like, hey. And Sarah's like, let me guess. You met a friend? I was like, I met a friend. Isn't that great? I told him, I was like, man, you, you were prayed for. I didn't even know who you were. But, man, you were prayed for because we were praying that God was begin sending us people like you. He's a good friend of mine. He, he comes over. He's... he's He's eating several holiday meals with us. He just comes over and hangs out. Like, because God, God provides those things for us, right? We all need to pray to God on behalf of our city, our friends, our family, and our loved ones. How tragic would it be for people to pass away who had never heard the gospel? I don't say that to, to, to guilt us. I just say that to remind us of what our responsibility is as believers. That's not just our responsibility, but it's our privilege. You know, God doesn't need us to share the gospel. He just uses us, allows us to be part of it. So God uses this, ver- use this verse in our hearts and in our lives to send us here, to give us vision, to give us focus, to give us an idea of what we're to do to reach people. So then where are we now? I think that's the next, that's the next question. Where are we now? Well, let's talk about that. So uh, as you guys know, some of you guys know if you're in community group with me on, on Friday mornings, you know a little about this. I know uh, Pastor Freddie shared a little bit. We were approached by the community church. That's, uh, listen, I'm not going to tell that whole long story because we'll run into the next service. But they were looking, they were a church that was dying and they were looking to either be adopted or move forward. And so somehow we got on, I got on their radar. We began meeting with them. I preached, I preached at that church back in October. I shared the vision of what it looked like to be part of us. And then earlier this month, last month, I'm sorry, wow, man, it's already 2023. Uh, last month, we sat down a couple of, a couple of our key folks, Tim, we all sat down with their leadership, and we were like, hey, guys, what's, you know, like, what's the plan? And their pastor was like, well, my last day is December 31st. My last day is December 31st. I was only supposed to be the interim. I've been doing it for three years. I'm done. So what I think we need to do is be formally adopted by this church. And they, the, so they, how their polity works is just their elders make decisions. So the other th- all, they're like three elders looked at each other like, I'm ready to vote. You guys ready to vote? All right, who's in favor of this? Okay, we're good. Let's go. Handing me, handing me keys that night. And I was like, um, okay. So with that being said, we were like, uh, we, it happened about a year ahead of schedule. Like we, we were not ready for this. We were not prepared for this. So we, uh, we, we were trying to figure things out. So we had a, a, a trial run service last Sunday, if you will, a soft launch. Um, and so let's, we have to like con- put this in context. They've been running about 15 people on a good Sunday, maybe 20. So we showed up there last week. Sarah and I set up a coffee bar Saturday night um, after we got, we got back from the, Gator, the disappointing Gator Bowl. Um, we set up uh, the coffee Saturday night. We prayed. We were like, you know, prayed for the service. We said, hey, God, would you send us a visitor who is not connected to anybody? All right. So we show up. We had 42 people last Sunday morning. Right? That's awesome. This couple comes in. And we're like, hey, how'd y'all hear about this? Oh, we just drove by. 
we just thought maybe we should go to, we should get back to church. So we, we just thought we'd come visit. So, I mean, look at that. Hey, God, will you send us a visitor? Boom. And it happens, right? It, it was just so clear. It went really well. Um, I don't know if y'all ever been there. So it like, we, we, service was later at 11. We finished about 12, 15. At like 1.30, nobody's left yet. Like, like all the kids are running around and you're like, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. Like, can we like... So like 20 of us went out to lunch together. Like it was just, it was an awesome Sunday gathering. We went, had a prayer, um, get together and we prayed over the building and all that stuff. So it was really awesome. So we have some needs. It's a almost 50 year old building. They were a very small church. Listen, I've worked with dying churches. I, I worked with the um, North American Mission Board on being approved to, to walk alongside dying churches. And a very common thread among churches that are dying is they run out of people and they run out of money. And the deferred maintenance piles up and piles up and piles up. They had a baptistry in the back corner. I don't understand why it's in the back corner, but that's a conversation for another day. Uh, we crawl underneath it, shined a flashlight, and the, uh, the beam hit the ceiling. And we thought, oh, I don't think we can use this thing because there's a hole in it. Um, you do some research, it'd be about $5,000 to replace it. Or, and nobody will do uh, plaster work on things that deep because who wants the liability for it? So we spent Wednesday night in community group ripping it out. Um, it also adds like 40 or 50 seats in the back corner of the room, so that's fine. But there's just little things like that that need to be done. I mean, there's green shag carpet from the 70s. There's like wood like wood paneling. It makes me think of my, my, uh, my great aunt's rec room. I'm like ready to turn the corner and see my grandma and her sisters like playing cards. You know what I'm saying? Like... There's just some love that needs to happen. We need to f- update the kids' area. We need to fix the sanctuary. The yard is overgrown. So we have a plan. We're going to meet through the end of January. Why? Because there's existing people there that we want to be able to kind of integrate into our team and, and for them to be part of it. Well, we can't do that overnight. We've got to get to know them. So the goal is to meet through the end of January and take a couple months off. One, that gives us a chance to work on the building so we're not having to get ready for Sundays. Uh, we, all of those things. I, of course, I told our team, I was like, hey, guys, there's an asterisk here. If we get to the end of January and it's clear God's, like, if we, we have, like, 150 people in the building, like, we're going to have to rethink shutting down. Like, I mean, like, but, it, and so anyway, so the, so the plan is, like, we're going to go to that point. We're going to shut down. We get back, come back in April, and we'll start meeting on Sunday mornings. Um, for Bible study, most of the time, preview services starting on Easter to kind of build up to a huge launch in August. Um, the, the goal is to do a big block party out in the yard. There's like eight acres there. It is massive. Um, and to reach that whole community, if, if, if you're over that area, um, it's right out Gate 1, Jack Miller Bar- Boulevard. It is absolutely surrounded by houses, by apartments. Um, there are so many people that live in that area that we want to begin to be able to reach, to be able to connect with. So then the last question that we could ask this morning is, so, so, so why am I talking about this? Well, Pastor, Pastor Freddie T was very, it was very clear, is to cast the net, to invite people to come be part of what we're doing. So the question is, how can you be part of real life Fort Campbell? You don't have to be military or a veteran. Let me, let me make sure, let me, let me set it out. Nobody's checking ID cards, right? It's, it's not like going on post where you get to the gate and we're like, I got to see your ID. Sorry, got to go get a pass. No, like that's not the case. Like anybody can come, right? Our dream is that the church reflects the community. Well, what is our community, especially up on the north side of the town? It's made up of people who have served, people who are serving, and people who just live there, right? 
And that's what we think our church should look like. Number one. Number two, uh, from a practical standpoint, if we only reach the post, well, every three years we have to restart our church all over again. Who's discipling those 20-year-old specialists? Who's helping those, those young? Nobody is. So the goal is we want to build a team. We want to build a core of people who live here permanently so that as those young soldiers come through with their families, we can share the gospel with them. We can teach them to follow Jesus. We can help them. And then, and then here's the exciting part. This is what I shared with our team is that one day I look forward to the day when they transfer. We're not, that we, yes, we're sad, but guess what? We bring them up on the platform and we commission them to their next post as missionaries. Because they get to go on to the next place and tell people about Jesus. And so that, that's what we look forward to. So how can you be part of it? Well, number one, you can come join our team. I mean, that, that's the easy one. You can join the team. What does that mean? That means that you will come be part of our launch team and, and, and say, I, I want to be a part of Real Life Fort Campbell. I just want to be here. I want to support this. I want to be part of this. This sounds exciting. And, and this sounds something new. And you just come and you're a permanent part of our team. That, that, that's, that, that's the big ask, Right. Well, if you think, well, I, you know, man, I live way over here. I don't, I don't want to, that's a long drive. I don't know if I can do that forever. Well, the second thing is you can come support our team. Maybe you just want to commit for a year, help with scaffolding. You know, when you build a, build a building and they put the scaffolding around it to kind of hold it up, you could provide that until God brings along people to take over. We, we need children's church workers. We need musicians. We need all of those we need just smiling faces who love people and welcome them. We need all of those things. Maybe that would be you to come and to, to be part of what we do for a year that we can begin discipling people and developing our, and you can serve in ministry teams while we continue to reach the community and we can see people come to faith in Jesus. Or third, maybe you're like, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm really connected here. I really love what I'm doing. But, you know, we, we, we have a heart to see people come to, to, come to faith in Jesus. We, you, can, you can come work with the team. What does that mean is that you could maybe you, not maybe, you definitely have some skills and some passions that are unique to you. You, you absolutely do. Or maybe you can use those to come help us out. What do I, what do I mean that? I mean, it's easy to pick up a paintbrush, right? That's an easy one. Well, we're going to do prayer walks in the community. We're already planning a time to kind of just walk through the community and just say hi to people who are out and about. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? Hey, I see you're doing some yard work. Could you use some help? Just as an opportunity to, to, to connect with a community that's right by our church. And maybe you can come be part of that. Maybe, maybe you're in a good place in your life and you, and you could look at these young, young, uh, young soldiers, these, these young people and say, hey, listen, I, I, I could, I could kind of help out with some life skills. I could like maybe, maybe help, some, help some people. I don't know what that looks like. But I know if I don't provide and we don't ask for the opportunity for people to come be part of it, that I, that I think we're, we're missing out on something big, and not just for us, but, but for you. It's a blessing to be able to go and be part of something and be able to go and serve alongside people and reach people with the gospel. I know that Real Life Sango will be doing 
short-term mission trips. It's so funny to call them short-term mission trips when it's literally just across town. But uh, that's what we want to think about it. But there are people who are going to be coming doing short-term projects with us, helping us take care of projects, that, physical projects that we have, as well as prayer walking and all those other things. So we would invite you to come be part of that and any of these levels that you're comfortable with. So then if you hear this and you think, you know what, Eric, I am interested. Well, the question you can ask is, what are, what are my next steps? What are my next steps when it comes to this? Well, this afternoon, if you check your emails from, from Real Life, you know that we have an informational meeting at 3 at the Real Life offices. We would, I would love for you to come. Um, and, we, and that's really just a time I'm going to just share very quickly, and then it's really going to be mostly a time for you to ask questions, right? So we would, I would invite you to come to that. You, there's also, when you leave here, you probably you might have seen it on the way in. You might not have. I know some, some of us are not always uh, paying attention to what's going around us. There's no knock on anybody. It's just a reality. There's a very large real-life Fort Campbell sign out there. It's green. Um, and so where are some of our teams going to be hanging out there after after, sir, after this service and after the next service or between services? Um, so you can go talk to them. I'll be out there. You can come talk to me. Um, if you can't make 3 o'clock... You have a prior engagement, all those things. And I'm not saying like, I take a nap on my couch with my dog because that's normally what I'd be doing at three. What I'm saying is we would love for you to come. But if you, absolutely, if you can't make it, we do have a place where you can just you know, give us your contact information and, and one of us will reach out, reach out to you this week and kind of be able to talk to you and sit down and talk about what that means. Um, and you can come learn what it means and how you can be involved. You can come find out more about what we're doing and the things that are happening with us up at Real Life Fort Campbell. More importantly, I want us to be reminded as people of God, as the church, as, as you know, we are planning out of, real, out of Real Life Sango, as to what our mission is and what the mission of God is. And that is to... He tells us at the end of at the end of Matthew, the Great Commission, to go on to the world and to pro- proclaim the gospel to people. And so what I hope that you take away from what we're doing, what I hope you take away from us, is just a desire to see people come to faith in Jesus. And whether that's you being part of real life Fort Campbell in some capacity, or you just taking a deeper commitment to being a part of real life Sango to share the gospel. Or maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you haven't stepped foot at church in years. Maybe you've never been to church. And you're hearing about this for the first time. And you think, man, I have no idea any of this church planning stuff, Eric. I have no idea about any of this other things. But whatever that hope that you talk about is, man, I want that. Maybe you just need to make your first step and commit to Jesus this morning. Because that is the most important thing that any of us can do, is to commit to believing and to following Jesus. I know there's connect cards that you can fill out. I know there are leaders and the Pastor Tim and staff that you can talk to if you have questions. And if any of those things, I would, I would encourage you, I would, I would plead that you would respond this morning and whatever it is. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much that you love us enough that you sent Jesus to come die on the cross. And Lord, that we can get up and we can talk about church planting and we can talk about moving forward, but it's all rooted in the fact that there is a God who is a missionary who sent his son to die on the cross for people who are far from you. Lord, let us be reminded of that. Those of us who, who, who look at church planting and think it sounds like a fun adventure, 
Or those of us who think they just, we wanted support from behind, or maybe those of us who are afraid of it, let us just be reminded that ultimately we are here this morning because there is a God who loved us, who came to find us, that he might save us. Lord, let us respond to you this morning in whatever fashion that we do as a response to the love that you demonstrated for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.